0: Hello and welcome to the Monday's Penny Podcast for March 14th, 2022. We are just finishing up spring break here at Dakota Wesleyan University, and that's a, a weird feeling. I'm already starting to get texts from students that are uh, looking at what they've got to do whenever they come back, and I get a lot of, oh man, now you know I've had this break and now I've got to go back to the real world. And I sort of sympathize with that I mean I understand you get some time off you have to go back to work or back to school and and pick up that heavy burden again I, I get it but for me it looks a whole lot different I can't wait for students to get back on campus the the job is pretty boring without someone here to, to share it with I mean it, it's kind of like being a shepherd without any sheep I mean you're a, pastor without a flock. So I'll be glad to get them back. And I'll also be glad to get students back on campus uh, for another reason. Because while for many of them, spring break is a retreat from the real world, for me, it forces me back into it. Because I spend so much time in a, a given week working with the people right in front of me. I really pride myself on taking time to get to know the the different people, students, faculty, staff, anyone who spends some time uh, in my office or that I I meet and have a conversation with, I want to get to know. So I spend a lot of time looking at those people and, and getting to know them right in front of me. I also spend a lot of time with the activities we do, so preparing for worship and preparing for music and rehearsals and making plans for freshman ministry and doing my spiritual formation class. But whenever we're on spring break, all of that stuff just comes to a screeching halt. I mean, the, the calendar just kind of goes off the cliff into nothing for a little bit. And I, I spend more time than I should reconnecting with things that I've missed, maybe. So when I, I go back and really look at what's been going on in the world and what news I have missed over the last few weeks, my gosh, there's a, there's so much. Uh, I, I've been keeping up a little bit with what's going on in Ukraine. Of course, I've been watching the labor negotiations in baseball. Thankfully, finally, for the latter one, we have a resolution. For the uh, first of those, it just keeps getting worse and worse and my gosh, there's a lot to digest, and it's easy to let that stuff get in your head and get to you. So, um, I'll be glad for students to get back so that I have something else to occupy me, not so that I can be blissfully ignorant of the rest of the world, but so that I can have something to balance it out a little more. Well, on the positive side the time in spring break really gives me an opportunity to catch up on some things that I haven't been able to do before. So, for instance, uh, I got to work a little bit on some music I've been trying to learn that yeah, I'm not playing for anybody, so it, it wasn't urgent. But I got a chance to, to do that, to work on some drum rudiments, because I keep trying to tell myself that someday I'm actually going to be a drummer. And I uh, got to go clean out a closet, uh, which we, we have, like, I think every workplace has one of those closets that after a while just starts eating things that you know you need and you know they're in there somewhere, but you just don't know where to find them because it's been devoured by all the clutter. So I got to do some of those things. And one of the other things that I got to do was to finish an assignment that our director of student life, Tom, his, his office is right next door to me, uh, he he had given me. So he, he comes into my office one day a few weeks ago and says, I, I'm trying to get a handle on what you do in campus ministry. Can you give me some sort of illustration about that? Can you put that down in a summary document for me? And I, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to do that. He's hopefully an advocate for us. So uh, yeah, I'm glad to do it. But how to do that was a, a question that I, I struggled with. And then also, because it was someone else's idea and not my idea, I wanted to make it my idea. I'm wired like that. I, I have this, this I guess you could call it personality flaw, that always has to, to shift things so that they're done from my perspective or, or my way if it's a, a creative endeavor. So I got to spend some time with that this week. And the result was a, a graphic that was a, a picture, a cartoon picture, the, the style I used is, if you've ever seen the Bible Project videos, and if you haven't, you should, they are marvelous. But I wanted to do something that was roughly in the uh, ballpark of the Bible Project, and then do some summary underneath it, make a neat one-page document that I could give to Tom. And I finally got to sit down and do that. But whenever I did, I noticed that there are some Uh, Tools in this drawing app that I was using. Thank you, by the way, Justina, for that recommendation. Uh, There were some uh, features in that I didn't know were there that I I found when I was doing some research and tutorials trying to learn how to use this thing. And that made me consider not just what uh, that meant for this project, but what that meant for uh, thinking about uh, our larger lives. So this week's penny is brought to you thanks to a request from Tom Hook that I finally got around to on spring break when I had a little bit of time. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy it and I will uh, talk to you again soon. Here's this week's penny. A few weeks ago, the Director of Student Life asked me to illustrate for him what campus ministry does. I think he expected an infographic. Instead, I drew a tree. This should come as no surprise to anyone who knows me. I've always had a problem with being told what to do. Sometimes that leads me to open rebellion, but in lower-stakes situations like this one, I've learned to compensate for my hatred of orders by following through on slightly altered terms. Ask me to speak on a topic, and I'll find a backdoor route to it. Give me a set of plans for shelves or a desk, and I'll customize them. Ask for an infographic, and… well, you get the idea. My point in drawing a tree began with the notion of growth. Static word bubbles don't express well the slow dynamics by which people mature, nor do they convey the uncertainty, improvisation, and constant construction that goes into forming human beings. Like all farmers, gardeners, and arborists, I don't produce outcomes. I create favorable conditions. Things generally grow on their own from there. So, a tree. Why not? I admit a little pride in the way my drawing turned out. It requires minimal explanation, but it works. It fits the style I was aiming for and, important for all creative types, it doesn't make me cringe. There's a hidden element to the drawing, though, a trick I picked up from watching tutorials on YouTube. The app I was working with allows the artist to create layers. That's not a new technique, of course. Painters always work with various layers, whether to bring out certain qualities or to cover over mistakes. The layers are a necessary tool of the trade. The difference in digital art is the ability to isolate one layer from another, to go back to something beneath the drawing and edit it so that it fits better with the subsequent overlays. I made a rough outline on a base layer and drew the tree on the next layer. When I inserted human figures on yet another layer, I went back to the previous ones and erased lines that needed to be tucked in behind them. Anytime something didn't look quite right, I could mute all the layers, then add them back in one at a time until I found the source of the problem. I could add in whatever I wanted, knowing it was not permanent, or erase any mistake I made knowing that the element would not be hard to reconstruct later. It was glorious, all that power. And also instructive. About the same time I began learning how to use my drawing app, I had a conversation with a younger friend that took one of those surprisingly deep turns. I mentioned my frustrations, the usual midlife feelings that you haven't accomplished much, that time is slipping away, that you're never going to be what you had hoped for when you were 22. My friend gently told me that, from her perspective, I'm doing pretty well with this life thing. I love the people I work with. I don't make much money, but it's enough. I have a few hobbies that I love and a few others that I'm good at, and a handful of things in which affinity and ability overlap. From the outside, it looks like you've got a lot going for you, my friend said. I think you're selling yourself short. We were interrupted then, which was both a disappointment and a relief. As I walked back to my office, however, I realized that she was seeing the whole picture, or at least the most polished draft. She didn't see what I did, the layers beneath, the mistakes that had to be scrubbed or failures that had to be hidden. It's not that she didn't know they were there. All of us have those stray marks on our pages. My friend is smart enough to know that even the most outwardly together person has similarly blotched layers that stay hidden. I come from a tradition that encourages self-reflection. Part of our soul-shaping work is to be honest about the ugly marks within us, and deal with them appropriately. That seems like a good practice to me, and I'm sure most counselors would agree. Thinking in layers, however, allows us to determine the context in which to view those things. Every mistake does not need to be front and center, visible to the world, and no malformed element can ruin the full picture so long as it's handled properly. One of the simple yet confounding problems I had in constructing my campus ministry picture was the figure on the treehouse platform. I kept drawing and redrawing her. But the proportions just never seemed right. Her head was too small or too large, her arms too short or too thin, her posture just not quite right. I nearly gave up on her in favour of a squirrel, which is surprisingly easy to sketch on a small scale. At last I had the idea of utilising my layers. By sketching her badly on my Doodles page, I was able to trace her onto the human layer without having to erase every time something was out of whack. By adjusting here and there, arcing a little more on one side, making a line a little straighter on the other, I was able to turn her into a tolerably proportioned human. When I muted the doodle layer once again, the picture worked. Every layer of my life has some form of this dynamic frustration, inconsistency, and futility that lead to misshapen elements of my story. There is much I wish I'd never done or said, much I wish I had done differently or had different outcomes, just like everyone, I suppose. The best outcomes, however, are not when my failures are forgotten. The best things happen when poor early attempts become construction elements for later on. I can't go back and fix what I didn't get right on the first try. But I can try again, layering my efforts, doing just a little better now than I did before. And I can focus on the bigger picture rather than the mistakes that lie beneath, knowing that what beauty I create now is often the direct result of what I did poorly in an earlier draft. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week and take care of each other.